0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Learning Life This Way. I am your host, Shannon Tamez. So I'm hoping this episode will be okay as far as background noise. I am back in the carpool lane, of course. And there is some construction going on. They're cutting down some tree limbs. So I'm hoping that the background noise won't be too distracting. And I'm also hoping that I'm not distracted because there is a dang mosquito in here. And I think it already bit me. So I'm trying to get it out my car while I record. (laughs) So forgive me if I sound a little distracted. But I was thinking about continuing the conversation that I had a few episodes of back about being a stay-at-home parent. And I sort of gave you what goes on mentally. Like, it can be isolating. It can be a very lonely at times. And, you know, you can feel like you're pulled in so many different directions and you're always going places. But I also wanted to get into the logistics of being a stay-at-home parent and how to prepare for it if it is something that you want to do so even though i say it can be lonely just the reality doesn't mean that i hate it (laughs) doesn't mean that i wouldn't do it again so because i'm still doing it you know i could have changed the circumstance if i really wanted to so I wanted to sort of give some tips on how we prepared for this transition um, even before we had kids and it wasn't even something that we even thought was going to be an option like it wasn't even something I even thought about to tell you the truth um, so our situation is we are a family of five um, three kids ages six four and two and my husband has You know a modest salary we are not rich and that's one misconception that you have to be rich in order to be a stay-at-home parent and you don't have to be Um, we're very lucky and blessed that with the salary um, you know we can keep a roof over our head we can pay our bills on time you know we're not at the risk of losing anything And so we've, you know, definitely had to make some sacrifices. Things have had to be tight. We've had to share a car, you know, just to keep our finances, obligations low. So let me backtrack and explain how things were even before we had kids. Now, one thing. Or a tip that I took that people said is that when you are buying a house, and this is hard, base it off one person's salary. And we sort of did that because, you know, we're thinking about economic times. What if, God forbid, someone loses their house or sorry, not their house. Someone loses their job. And you end up losing the house because you can't pay for the mortgage because it was based on two people working so that was one thing when we bought our house you know we got a decent sized house nothing too extravagant nothing too small and we were like this is a good size we'll make this work and the mortgage payment was barely over the rent we were paying for one bedroom so that was one thing I always said, I'm like, let's keep the mortgage as low as possible. Like I told the lender when we were talking, I said, I don't want my mortgage to go over this amount of money. So it doesn't matter how much money we qualify for. I don't want my mortgage over this amount. So that's what we did. And that was when we first were married and we bought a house uh, about six months maybe a little less than six months, five, six months after we were married and everything was fine. We ended up having to pay the rent and the mortgage for like one month. So money was tight, but it was fine. You know, we were two income family. And shortly after, um, my stepdaughter moved in with us. So that way she could attend college. And luckily, we were able to, because she was now living with us, there was no reason for him to pay child support anymore. So that did bring in extra money into the house. That way we can afford, you know, an extra mouth because it made sense. So then fast forward, trying for a child. And like I said in the previous episode where I live, child care costs are so high, like they're essentially another mortgage payment. And at my job, I did not make a huge amount of money. I mean, it was decent, but it should have been more. And so I'm also at a job that I know does not value me. And I did try to look for another job um, prior to getting pregnant. Then I found out I was pregnant. So I'm like, I'm sticking here because I don't want to lose maternity leave benefits. But, you know, sometimes at a job, you have to be there so long before you can even get maternity leave. So I was like, well, I'm staying here. And it's funny, the job at the time offered a buyout for employees. And right around that time, they were offering an option for a buyout. My husband and I were talking, like, okay, let's be serious about what we're going to do about childcare. Do I need to put our names on some lists for some daycares? Um, should I, you know, once we get him in daycare, I need to hustle and find a new job so that way we can afford it, you know? And so we came up with a decision. And he was like, just stay home. And for him, it was easy because his mom had been a stay-at-home mom and his sister had been one. I did not come from a background of knowing anybody that was a stay-at-home mother. So it was an adjustment for me to even think about that. But anyway, so we made that decision. I decided not to take the buyout because I did the math because I was working as an accountant for a department store. So numbers were my thing. And so I did the math and I was like, I make more money staying through maternity leave than I do taking this buyout because when you take a buyout It looks nice, but they're gonna tax the hell out of it. So with that being said, i'm like it's not worth it so I stayed Worked, you know, since we had two incomes And now while working I was pregnant, you know Tried to make payments on things pay things off We did end up My car was paid off at the time, but we ended up getting a bigger car. Um, We got an SUV. So we bought a used one. I sold my car to my dad. And my husband's car was... We used that... That's That's what we did. We used the money that we um, sold my car for to my dad and paid off his car. So that way we would only have one car payment. So That was another tip. Try to reduce... Your financial obligations as much as you can so yeah that's how we did that we did that for his car so we only had one um, car payment and like I said my, my stepdaughter living with us and you know she was driving so my husband really let her drive his car a lot more and so we shared a car he and I, I would drop him off at work and I'd pick him up because <laughs> his job was a lot closer to our house so that was uh, another thing we did. And then, so when it came time to, for me to have my child, you know, I had short-term disability for being on maternity. That was like my maternity pay. So what I did was I saved the money I got from short-term disability and put that in our savings. So that way, in a sense, I had 12 weeks of what it was like to live off one income. So that's how we prepare for So even if your job may not offer maternity leave, you can start practicing before that happens to live off one income. And if two people are working, take the other person's income and save it as much as possible. Put it in savings. Because unexpected things come up and at least you have a cushion. Because we end up having to buy tires <laughs> since I had the baby. So that was the other thing. And so for me, what I learned is the proper way to leave a job when you know you're not coming back is the day I came back from maternity leave, I then put in my two-week notice. Because I did hear, you know, in the past when I worked positions, people would quit doing their maternity leave. And I think the job would come after them for pay. Because essentially they were paying you to be an employee and you didn't come back as an employee. So that was the thing I quit the day I came back from internally and worked my two weeks. Which made it great because technically they would have already had somebody doing your job, you would think. So they can just keep doing that and keep looking for someone else. They want the crazy thing is, well, my coworker stayed, but the person who was taking my job, she essentially left <laughs> the week after I came back and she put in her notice because, you know, politics in corporate America. So that's one thing, save as much money while you have two incomes as much as you can. And it was also gravy because at the time, my husband's old manager let him get as much overtime as he wanted. So my husband was bringing in a few thousand extra a month, which is great. Then that changed, like Practically two months after I was officially a stay-at-home mom, my husband's manager got let go. And his new manager is like, buy the book. Nope, no overtime. <laughs> so our finances drastically changed. But it was helpful because, like I mentioned, we had a cushion in savings because I saved my paycheck when I was in maternity leave. And we reduced our car payments. We only had one car payment. So, like I said, those things help prepare. And I was able to find a part-time work-from-home job rating standardized tests for students. And it was great because it was just four hours a day. You can do up to eight hours and there was no phone obligation. You're not on the phone. So this was a great part-time job to bring in extra money in the evenings once my husband came home. And there were times that even after I had my second son, I did like eight hour shifts because my kids were so little. Like I had a newborn strapped to me and my son was barely two years old and he was pretty good about entertaining himself. Long as he was near me, he was good. So all that worked out. So if you can find a little part time job that's work from home, that's even great. So that's the financial part about preparing to be a stay-at-home parent the other thing is and this is perfectly your choice we have three kids was that the original plan not necessarily we had our first son and we planned all our children were planned, but we you know planned for our uh, second child my assumption was it would be a girl turned out not to be a girl so I could not let go of the fact that I would not have a daughter. So I was like, ah, I want one. So that's end up how we have it. three kids. I was like, I have to have one. <laughs> So thank God it worked out in that way. So two boys and a girl. So I am done. But my kids are like barely three years apart. Sorry, barely two years apart. And I was doing them back to back because... I'm in that mode dealing with toddlers and babies. It's hectic, but I'm just already in that mode versus having a 10-year-old and then all of a sudden starting over. I did not want that. So I was like, all the kids around the same age is great. They all play together. My house is nuts with them wrestling and playing. But essentially, they're all sort of growing up around this, close to the same age, and it makes playdates easier, especially when I have friends whose kids are around the same age and they have siblings. That all the kids can sort of play together. (laughs) And so it helps that my mom friends have had their kids, for the most part, back-to-back as well. So it makes playdates a lot easier. And then the other thing to sort of be available for that I'm grateful that I am a stay-at-home parent, that I wouldn't know how things would work if I was a working parent, is my boys needed speech therapy. You know, they could talk, but it was like pronunciation and you know just making certain sounds they struggled with and so I made sure that I got them through speech therapy and their occupational therapy appointments and it was great that when they when I didn't work and they were barely like preschool age I could get them to appointments in the day when it was less hectic I didn't wait to I didn't have to wait until after school. And of course, once they started school, that changed, but I was grateful for the fact that I can get them to those appointments. I can get them tested for things. And I think if I was a working parent, that would just be added stress to even think about having to do that. How am I even going to get them to appointment? Because a lot of times their speech therapy appointments would be like nine 30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And if I'm working, like the thought of having to leave work and who's going to get them. And if you don't have the help, you know, a relative nearby or a friend that can take them, like, that could be hectic. So that's what I would say is, like, a definite advantage to being a stay-at-home parent. And the thing to remember is, if you want your, like you said, children act. And my kids are not in, like, any sort of sports, but we're already busy, but keeping your kids active, yes, my children have screen time, they have TV shows, But we're out and about a lot. And so that's one thing to just be prepared for. That you won't be in the house. People think that, oh, you just sit around the house and pop the TV on. The kids are entertained and you just be. No. (laughs) Like I am not in the house quite often. And that's one thing that I had to be grateful for this year. I was thinking about my weekdays and I'm like, okay, my the boys go to school every day my daughter goes monday wednesday and friday so that means tuesday and thursday i'll have her you know things i can do with her i do go to the gym which is part of my self-care and i'm like oh i don't have anything on tuesday and i have to check myself because i'm so used to being gone every day of the week and taking kids to appointments so i'm like oh i don't have anything to do on tuesday and i'm like no wait a minute Be grateful. (laughs) You don't have anywhere else to go to on Tuesday besides dropping the kids off and picking them up from school. Like, it's okay to rest. (laughs) Like, those are self-talks I've had to have with myself that it is okay to rest and not have somewhere to go all the time. So, now I am making a point to catch up on housework, get the laundry done, meal prep. I can do Apple Fitness at home to work out. I can read a book. I can prepare on what life will be like once my daughter is in school full time and what direction I want life to go into. So there's no pressure that I'm like, oh, my God, she's in school. Now I have to get a job or I need to start this business or whatever the case may be that I'm giving myself grace and time to think about it. Those are just a few tips that I wanted to share about how we consciously and unconsciously prepared for me to be a stay-at-home parent. So if this is the life that you are contemplating or if you've been a stay-at-home parent, I would love to hear some more tips so that way I could share with the audience. Please reach me at way at gmail.com or hit me up on instagram at being shannon dora and i will talk to you all next week bye